0: Hey, what's up folks? This is Tony Brewer. You're listening to Cogitations. Cogitations is the podcast where we think about things, we contemplate them, we turn them over in our minds, and then we discuss them. Daniel chapter 7, verse 28, Daniel writes, hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my my cogitations much troubled me My countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. Now, we're not going to keep the matter in our heart. We're going to talk about it. Today, we're going to talk about the dark triad. And this is a a follow up from last episode about the preacher and the issues that preachers deal with. Now, before I get into the meat of the podcast, I want to invite you to take a look at the show notes. Um, I've designed a t shirt. I invite you to go to my Etsy store check out that t-shirt, maybe order one for yourself, order a few. I get 40%. And it's, it's cool. It's a good quality t-shirt. And uh, that's a way to help me out and get something back in return. Also, you can go to www.patreon.com forward slash cogitations, forward slash near churches rather, www.patreon.com forward slash near churches. And you can support me there for as little as a dollar a month and that money goes directly to me, and I use it to promote my Cogitations Facebook page, which in turn raises my uh, traffic on my Cogitations podcasting channels. And that's all I've got. Other than that, be the algorithm for us. Share whatever you see from Cogitations. Listen to it, comment, all that good stuff. Now, what is the dark triad, and why is it Worthy to for, for a Cogitations episode. Well, I tell you, it is my observation that as this society kind of degrades and devolves into
1: intersectionality, that this society as a whole is promoting um, selfishness, entitlement, narcissism, psychopathy, it's promoting self. It's, it's getting to where it's close to becoming a
0: hedonistic society. And there's a, a doctor that I listen to quite often. Her name is Dr. Romney. She is by no means a Christian, but she is a very good psychotherapist, and she specializes in narcissistic personality disorder and she specializes with helping people who have dealt with or are dealing with a narcissist in their lives. And there are all kinds of channels on YouTube where psychotherapists for free are putting out information to help you deal with these kind of damaging people in your lives. How do you deal with a narcissist? And Dr. Romany's research that she has done uh, she says that there are certain areas of our society that attract people with these particular personality traits. Now, I have to say here, a personality trait is way different than a personality disorder. You can have a personality trait. In other words, you can, you can be a narcissist. You can be defined as being a narcissist in somebody's mind. You can have these narcissistic tendencies, and not necessarily be a person who can be diagnosed clinically with narcissistic personality disorder, just like you can, you can be a little bit, um, well, I've lost the word, obnoxious. You can be a little bit obnoxious, a little bit bombastic, and not necessarily be someone who, is, who would be able to be diagnosed as histrionic. You can be very moody and very intense with your emotions and, and ultra, ultra empathic and not necessarily be someone who is diagnosed or able to be diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. You can have a rebellious nature where you don't mind bending or breaking rules sometimes and not necessarily be someone who was able to be diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder. So just because you share some of these personality traits with people who are actually mentally ill, well, that doesn't mean that we don't need to talk about these things, and that doesn't mean that you don't need to be self-aware, or I don't need to be self-aware and work on these areas where we can. But the podcast today is very simple. I believe that the way we have set up how we hire preachers and how we, how we treat preachers, we have, as Dr. romani has stated on her show, we have created this area in our society that draws people from the dark triad, people who, who, would, who would be narcissistic or Machiavelli, Machiavellian or psychotic, psychopathic. Anyway. There's a there's an article that we're going to look at today from MindTools.com, and so I'm going to start reading here. Uh, some people have personality traits that can make it difficult to deal with them. They may be volatile, arrogant, or domineering. But with careful management, you can develop their strengths, neutralize the challenging elements of their behavior, and restore team harmony. Listen, that's par for the course. That's anywhere. It doesn't matter. How wonderful your team is, you have people with very strong personality traits and a good, a good manager, a good leader is going to be able to accentuate the po- positive, diminish the negative, and have a really good, well-balanced team where everyone gets utilized the way they need to get utilized. The article goes on, but some other behaviors and characteristics can be seriously damaging. And if someone displays a toxic combination of these traits, they can undermine their colleagues in a lasting way that can potentially poison and destroy a team. That's the kind of people we're going to be talking about today, and that's the kind of people that this article deals with. So, psychologists have identified three traits that make up the sinister sounding dark triad. These three traits are narcissism, Machiavellianism, And psychopathy. In this article, we're going to explore the three traits of the dark triad and, and identify the behaviors associated with each of them, and look at how they might impact a workplace. So it goes on. What is the dark triad? Incidentally, for those of you that that are going to be tuning in live, I won't be able to see your comments until I'm through with the article. So just keep you keep that in mind if you put a comment in the comment section. So what is the dark triad? The dark triad is a phrase that you're unlikely to have heard around the workplace, or the church by the way, but it is one of the buzzwords in the world of psychology. It refers to three distinct but related personality traits, narcissism, Machiavellianism, and psychopathy. Narcissism comes from the Greek myth of Narcissus, a hunter who fell in love with his own reflection in a pool of water and drowned. Narcissistic people can be selfish, boastful, arrogant, lacking in empathy, and hypersensitive to criticism. Machiavellianism, the, uh, the word comes from the renowned 16th century Italian politician and diplomat Niccolo Machiavelli. He earned notoriety when his 1513 book, The Prince, was interpreted as an endorsement of the dark arts of cunning and deceit in diplomacy. Traits associated with Machiavellianism include duplicity, manipulation, self-interest, and a lack of both emotion and morality. Uh, Let's look here at
1: duplicity, this is, I'm going to look this word up, look up duplicity. Oh, it gave me a, it, hold on. I'm going to do this. Bear with me. D-U-P-L-I-C-I-T-Y. Duplicity. Duplicity meaning deceitfulness or double dealing. Someone
0: who acts one way around one group of people and another way around another group of people and tells everybody what they want to hear, that person is duplicitous. Sounds a whole lot like a politician. That person is duplicitous. All right. Psychopathy. Personality traits associated with psychopathy include a lack of empathy or remorse, antisocial behavior, and being manipulative and volatile. It's important to note that there is a distinction between psychopathic traits and being a psychopath, with its commonly held association with criminal violence. In other words, just because somebody uh, is has this trait, psychopathy, that doesn't mean that they're a serial killer or a serial whatever or a criminal. It just means that they have a lack of empathy or remorse and they dabble in some antisocial behavior. Antisocial behavior would be uh, not following the norms, uh, uh, eschewing the, the societal propriety, and um, not caring who they hurt, not caring who gets hurt by it, and uh, they're manipulative, and they are volatile. Now, we're going to talk about in this section of the article how to identify the dark triad traits. Well, traditionally, psychologists have identified dark triad traits by measuring. Uh, Different personality types separately. However, in 2010, Dr. Peter uh, uh, Johansson, I think, Jonathan, maybe, we'll say Jonathan, because I don't know if this is German or what. But anyway, the uh, then assistant professor of psychology at the University of Western Florida, and his co author, Gregory Webster, assistant professor of psychology. At the University of Florida, developed the quote unquote dirty dozen rating scale or a 12 item methodology
1: to measure dark triad traits. Uh, Jonathan and Webster measure, at
0: Webster's measure ask questions to rate themselves against uh, these questions. Actually, I misread that. Let me back up. Jonathan and Webster's measure. Ask people to rate themselves against these questions. Here are the questions. I tend to manipulate others to get my way. I have used deceit or lied to get my way. I really like this question because it differentiates between deception and lying. You don't, all, you don't, have, to, you don't have to lie in order to deceive. You can deceive someone by telling the truth. I have used flattery to get my way. I tend to exploit others towards my own end. I tend to lack remorse. I tend to not be too concerned with morality or the morality of my actions. I tend to be callous or insensitive. I tend to be cynical. I tend to want others to admire me. I tend to want others to pay attention to me. I tend to seek prestige or status. I tend to expect special favors from others. This, of course, has been reproduced with permission of Dr. P.K. Johnson, Senior Lecturer, University of Western Sydney, which is where he's at now. At its basic level, an individual will be rated from, for example, one to seven on each of these 12 questions, giving possible, a possible score of 12 to 84. The higher the score, the higher the probability of having dark triad tendencies. I will tell you this, there are times in my life where I would have been rated higher than I do right now. Right now, I'm rated pretty low on this scale. So how do you manage people with dark triad traits? Well, if you believe a member of your team is exhibiting dark triad personality traits, what can you do about it? Uh, This is a complex area, and there are no easy answers. Experienced psychologists stress that there are many uh, subtleties and gradations of personality types and the behaviors associated with them can change from day to day. But as a manager, as a leader, I would say, you will need to address negative behaviors to maintain harmony and productivity with your team. This is the way leadership would deal with with someone who, who exhibits these traits. This is the way leadership would deal with someone who is high on these dark, personality, or these dark triad personality traits. So start with coping with anger. A team member, a team member with, a, with psychopathic traits may be prone to anger and aggression, and you must diffuse such situations speedily. Often the signs of normal anger are easy to spot, for example, a raised voice, a flushed face, and sweating. But some people try to suppress their anger which can then show itself in passive-aggressive ways, such as sulking or ignoring people. There are a number of strategies that you can use when dealing with angry people. It is important that you stay safe if you feel threatened. Leave the room immediately if necessary. If you're dealing with someone's ongoing anger issues, distance yourself emotionally from his behavior and try to identify the cause of his rage with questioning techniques and active listening. You know, I'm going to link this article in the show note because there's hyperlinks here where you can get more information out of this. But here's the thing. Anger is not a bad thing. Anger is not, uh, anger is not even unhealthy. But we're, we're talking about people who use anger uh, and, and, and use being volatile to get their own way. I have recently dealt with someone that way. And I have had to, well, they, they excise themselves from my life because me and the group that we're a part of just put up some healthy boundaries and like, we're not going to put up with this and they didn't like it. So now they're no longer part of the group. But the thing about it is I recognized this and I had to stand up to it. Leadership in the church must recognize this. They must, a good eldership, is going to allow a gospel preacher, is going to allow one of the members of the congregation to be angry in a healthy way, but they're not going to let it dictate how they treat one another. How they what I, when I say that, they're not gonna they're not gonna let it dictate the reality of the dynamics of the team. Okay. So dealing with bullying. Sometimes anger can spill over into bullying at a simple level. This can include verbal abuse or threatening behavior, but it can often be more subtle and include unnecessary criticism, belittling someone, or spreading malicious rumors. Now, I will tell you as a gospel preacher that most of the times, especially listening to the last podcast and listening to the, the things that preachers deal with, You're dealing with bullying. People get angry at the preacher for not doing what they want him to do the way they want him to do it. They get angry. That anger is not dealt with. It's suppressed because, you know, quote unquote, anger is a sin. You can't be angry in the Lord's church. And then the bullying starts. And what happens is passive aggressive behavior starts and they get the ear of the eldership, the ear of the leadership and they start trying to manipulate and get their own way. And it, it manifests in unnecessary criticism and belittling and sometimes even spreading malicious rumors. i tell you what one person said about me. They said that I was not a good evangelist because when I was in Toronto, uh, I was not a good evangelist because the people that I baptized into Christ, they didn't stick. They didn't remain faithful for very long. Well, my response to that is the elders weren't allowing anybody to meet, so it's very difficult to have a new Christian remain faithful when nobody has to come to the building. But that's, but that's my point. That's, that's a malicious rumor. That's an accusation, and, and it was spread. Anyway, if you spot bullying on your team, it's just as important to support the victim as it is to confront the bully and hold her or him accountable. I don't know why they're going back and forth between male and female pronouns. Anyway, our article dealing with bullying on your team outlines a step by step strategy to help you manage. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to link this in the show notes. Now, how to spot manipulators. There are many positive ways to influence people at work. Praise and encouragement can inspire a team member to be even more productive. For example, Well, excuse me, I read that with the wrong inflection. Praise and encouragement can inspire a team member to be even more productive, for example. But if someone has more Machiavellian tendencies, they could try to influence coworkers by selfishly manipulating them, perhaps through coercion or deception. Manipulative people are often good at hiding their behavior or actions, but there are signs you can look for such as someone who won't take no for an answer, who always excuses their hurtful behavior or presents a different face to different people to serve their purposes. I know people like this. Listen, I, I, don't, I don't want to turn you off, but the, the way we select gospel preachers and the way we pay gospel preachers, hire gospel preachers, all that good stuff, and, and, the, and the responsibilities we put on gospel preachers makes it to where gospel preacher, men who, who, are, who exhibit the traits of the dark triad, they rise to the top. They're charismatic. They do what it takes to get what they want. And typically, they surround themselves with a group of people that are kind of duped, that are a little bit naive, and they're duped. And I don't think our elderships actually know what to look for. We need more training in this way. And one of the sad things about it is elderships, being an elder, also attract people with this uh, dark triad personality traits. Anyway, if you challenge a manipulative person, be specific about what actions you have spotted and how they are harming your team. Make it clear that their behavior must change and consider performance agreements to hold them accountable. You will find a lot more useful information in our article dealing with manipulative people. So again, you need to go to the hyperlink. Now, what about coping with narcissism? Well, the selfishness of a narcissist can be a headache rather than a threat, but it can disrupt the team morale and harmony. The person may not even realize their impact on the team. So it's important to raise it, raise, raise, um to to, and raise it with them rather, as soon as you realize something is wrong. So you as soon as you realize something is wrong, as soon as you recognize that you have to point it out. Now a narcissist may have a big ego and do whatever they can do to grab the spotlight. They may demand credit for ideas and use I and me instead of we, and can often dominate the discussions and or meetings. People with, big if, ish, be, people with big egos often don't expect to be challenged, so stand your ground and meet their claims or demands with solid counter-arguments. It can also be useful to put them in a situation where they are dependent upon colleagues' cooperation. This can increase respect and understanding. You will find more tips and potential solutions in our articles on how to deal with egos at work and managing arrogant people. So all an eldership has to do, if you have a a person in your congregation who exhibits narcissistic behavior, put them to work where they have to rely on somebody else. And if you have a gospel preacher who exhibits this, then put that gospel preacher to work in a situation where he has to rely on other people. Anyway, let's keep going. Building the skills you need to cope. All right. It can be difficult to manage many of these negative behaviors, particularly if you don't feel confident in dealing with conflict. There's that word conflict. Brad Harib wrote a really good little blurb article about how elderships do not want to deal with. They are conflict-averse. They are confrontation adverse. You have to have confrontation in order to deal with conflict. All right, but there are a number of ways you can improve your skills in this area. For example, you can learn to be more assertive and there is a lot you can do to develop your own ability to understand other people and recognize their emotional state and perspectives. You can boost your people skills by building empathy and emotional intelligence and being aware of people's body language. You can better manage your own emotions with these skills And having greater understanding of other people can help you spot patterns of unwanted behavior before they become a threat to your team. I have over the years entrenched and immersed myself in this area of study. And I see so often that it's our gospel preachers who are the worst at this. And sadly, a close second is our elderships our elders rather individually i think we need more mental health education in the lord's church the well let's let's go to let's let's look at a verse uh 1st Thessalonians chapter 5 i think it's verse 24 23 24 something like that 1st 1st Thessalonians chapter 5 verse um Twenty-three. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This word "soul" in First Thessalonians five twenty-three is the
1: same word that we use for the human mind, its psyche. So psychology, the psyche. The human mind, the human
0: soul, ology is study of. I know that's a little reductive, but that's basically what it means. Psychology is the study of the human soul. We need more training in this area in the church in order to get these people with these, to either manage them better
1: where they're not as harmful or to get them out of our elderships and our pulpits. So what about the impact of dark triad traits at work?
0: And this would be the same as the impact of dark triad traits on a church. All right. It's difficult to find anything positive to say about the impact dark triad traits would have in the workplace. I would add or the church. Someone with such a psychological makeup would probably display an undesirable would probably display an undesirable behavior such as being aggressive, volatile, selfish, and deceitful, or a combination of such traits. In his paper, The Dark Side of Personality at Work, Dr. Seth Spain said that there was evidence of a fairly robust relationship between Machiavellianism and unethical decision-making in organizations, all right? So if you've got a gospel preacher who exhibits these personality traits, you best believe that somewhere in his life he's going to be unethical. and, and he's, In other words, a person that's unethical is not necessarily immoral. A person who is unethical, he has, no, he has no loyalty to a baseline. I got into this on a live stream with a woman one day. I was talking about Donald Trump. Donald Trump is a very immoral person but he has a code of ethics by which he governs his actions and he is true to them you know how donald and, and incidentally donald trump is very narcissistic but i don't believe he's machiavellian and i don't believe he's psychopathic he's he is grade a narcissistic though but that being said he has a very strict code of ethics whereby he governs his actions and that doesn't mean that he's moral it's just a code of ethics of his own design so people who are Machiavellian the reason that they're so dangerous and hard to spot is because they don't have any loyalty to a code of ethics that govern their actions so they can be a chameleon and you will never ever know it unless you're on guard for it and you better believe if you've got a gospel preacher, if you've got an elder that has this Machiavellian personality trait, that he is going to be making decisions and acting in such a way that is unethical. He, he, will, he will not be loyal to any kind of code of ethics. Uh, in other words, he's going to show favoritism to a certain amount of people. Uh, if you, he's, going to go sh- he, he's going to show favoritism to the person that gives a lot of money in the collection plate over the person that doesn't. If there's, a, if there's a confrontation that needs to be had, uh, the, he's going he's gonna to have the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. And I've seen that. I've seen it over and over in our congregations. Somebody looks nice, somebody that's, that's fit and trim and presents a good outer shell to the world, that person is treated better than a person that doesn't, that isn't. All right? So, research by Delroy Paulhaus and Kevin Williams, psychologist at the University of the Brit of British Columbia, argue that the tendencies associated with narcissism, Machiavellianism, and psychopathy often overlap, but the three are nevertheless separate entities. Further research found common correlations between them. Were dishonestly
1: were were done uh, dishonestly and uh, had a lack of humility. Um, oh, hold on a second.
0: I, I misread that. Further research found common correlations between Machiavellianism, psychopathy, and uh, narcissism.
1: The common correlations between these three were dishonesty and a lack of humility. So if you're
0: dealing with somebody who is part of the dark triad, they are dishonest and they lack humility. So they're going to feed you a line of bull. They're going to tell you what you want to hear. You're going to come to them with a problem, and it's going to be a genuine problem. And they're going to be like, oh, yeah, brother, I'm so sorry. You're right. I'm, I'm wrong. I should get better. I should, I, could, I should work on myself. You're exactly right. Thank you so much for coming to me. You're such a wise person. You're such a great Christian. Won't you please pray with me, and you pray on my behalf, and I'm going to try to work on myself. That's the kind of person you're going to run into. And they'll never do really do anything like it's going to go in one ear and out the other. It's almost like a cost of doing business. If they got to eat a little bit of crow when they're found out, it's just a cost of doing business. They're never really affected. All right. And the, it's, it's not, it's not just the preachers and, and the elders that, that would fall prey to this. Uh, I see it all the time whenever, you know, it's the paradox of preaching. Whenever you preach a sermon, the paradox of preaching is those that need it the most will be affected by it the least, and those that need it the least will be affected by it the most. For instance, you preach a sermon on church attendance on Sunday morning, and as, as you're going out the back door, you're shaking hands with everybody, and there's two or three of the members with tears in their eyes. Preacher, that was such a good sermon, I needed to hear that, and I need to do better. And I'm like, but you're here every time the doors are open, and then some, and then the other people that you never see except on Sunday morning, they come by, they shake your hands, they preach you. That was a good, good sermon. I'm glad you preached it. Wow. And they, they, they head on down the road. Dishonesty and a lack of humility. And, and incidentally, that shows that they're not ethical. So um, it, the article goes on. And a study specifically looking at the dark triad and work claims that employees with this character traits are toxic in some instances they lead to men in particular to be, be more aggressive in the workplace relationships or try to influence people or events more forcefully, more forcefully so what you're going to find in the church with people who are dark triad especially a gospel preacher whenever whenever you read aggressive don't 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 think about aggressive as in squaring off and trying to fight you think about aggressive as in they're going to go after you like for instance If there's a, if you're a gospel preacher and there's a member that, that does something you really don't like, you're going to go to the men, the leadership and be like, Hey, I need to talk to you about that guy, John, John Smith. Yeah. You know, he's, um, he's, he's done this, that, and the other, and we really need to have a sit down and talk with him. And what will happen is the dark triad preacher will manipulate the group of leadership against this guy, John, and they will go against John and it'll get John's hackles up, and it'll put John on his back foot on the defense, and then John might actually do something like get so frustrated that he yells. And once that happens, the dark triad preacher will point to John and say, look, see, I told you he was unstable, and he was volatile, and he was a bully and had an anger problem. When that doesn't describe John Smith at all it's actually the preacher that's unstable and the bully and that has an anger problem. It's, it's the equivalent of socking somebody in the jaw and jumping back and, and saying, look at how bad that person hurt my hand. All right. Now this is, this right here is the, is the punch. And this right here is why the, why the dark triad is so dangerous And we need to be mentally, uh, we need to be educated in mental health uh, in order to get these people out of their positions. There is evidence that narcissism can be in some ways a beneficial trait. Narcissism or a narcissist rather will often have a higher sense of self-worth and this can make them more motivated and successful. Researchers argue that non narcissists have more mental toughness, resilience to negative events and challenges, but in time, their constant me, me, me tendency may become wearing on people around them. I know people right now who are full-blown narcissists, who are in the church in the public eye, and people love them, but the problem is. The people who love them only ever see them on Facebook. They only ever see them when they come around and do gospel meetings and stuff like that. You never have to spend any length of time. And this usually what happens is a person who is steeped in the dark triad personality traits and, and with a bend towards narcissism they will have one group of people that they've really got the wool pulled over their eyes. And then they will have a bunch of satellites orbiting them that they don't come into contact with very often. They're just in their sphere of influence. And they don't really have any meaningful relationship or exchanges with them. But it's, it's, it's got pseudo meaning. It's, it's um, they... They use the word love a lot. Like, look, I I I don't tell people I love them. I don't even tell my wife I love her. We we show it. Me and my wife, we show each other how much we love each other. It's very genuine. And when I say that, I'm talking about I I will never be talking on the phone with you and say bye I love you because I'm so used to saying bye I love you to my wife because that's not something we do. We wanted that 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 phrase of, of of affirmation to mean something, but people like this, that, that are successful, that have a high sense of self-worth, an unhealthy sense of self-worth, um, they, they're on the gospel meeting circuit, they, uh, spend a lot of time on Facebook, and I know I spend a lot of time on Facebook, so judge that for what it is, and, uh, they don't, they don't have people around them, and that. Uh, they can see through their stuff, and they get this narcissistic supply from these satellite people at these gospel meetings and other events and lectureships. People that they don't see very often and don't see enough, where the the people that see them often can see
1: through their their narcissistic veil. Anyway, so guarding against the subtle influence of the dark
0: triad of individuals. In his book, Office Politics, psychologist Oliver James declares that dark triad tendencies can give someone a nefarious advantage in the workplace in terms of career and progression. Being triadic, that is, exhibiting all three of the dark triad tendencies, can help people bully or manipulate their way to the top of an organization and I have seen that time and time again with gospel preachers. I have not seen it very often with elders because I don't see, quite frankly, as many elders, okay? Patrick Fagan, an associate lecture, lecturer in consumer behavior at Goldsmith University of London in the UK, also suggests that dark traits can help individuals get ahead if they don't get along. Narcissist high self-esteem May give them a high yearning for leadership. Uh, Psychopathic people tend to focus on achievement without being too concerned at the effect of their ambition, what the effect of their ambition might have on others. And Machiavellians can be very adept at portraying themselves in a good light. Again, can you see how the position of gospel preacher would be very desirable for people who are triadic? In other words, they possess all three of these dark triad traits. Uh, Clive Bodie, professor of leadership and organization behavior at Middlesex University in the UK, contends that dark triad traits can lead to the creation of corporate psychopaths with a diminished sense of corporate or collective responsibility. He argues such personality types are often more prevalent within sectors such as financial services and civil service. We can speculate that these behaviors may, may have played a key part in the catastrophe of the global finance crisis of 2004 to
1: 2008. It's, it's this way in the church. These, these people become Christian psychopaths. They want to get the acclaim of
0: men. And an easy way to get the acclaim of men is false humility, humility, making sure you're
1: everywhere you need to be, you're smoozing the right people, and you're flattering. Clearly, these traits put the desires of one dark side individual above the needs of the organization the people within it, and those it serves. And this can destroy good organizations,
0: particularly if this person is in a leadership role. So people, gospel preachers with these dark triad traits,
1: put their own self above the needs of the church. You know these people but you might not recognize these people.
0: And sometimes, what's good for the person with the dark triad personality traits is actually good for the congregation. So it's very hard to get these people out. But if you let these things go long enough, be sure their sins will find them out. And when it does come to light, The longer it goes on, the worse it is. Managers at all levels need to keep an eye out for dark triad behaviors, guard against them, and deal with them vigorously. Where appropriate, this may involve removing people showing these behaviors from the organization. So the dark triad personality traits, narcissism, psychopathy, and Machiavellianism can be toxic and damaging in the workplace, and I would add in the church. But be aware that someone exhibiting these traits may initially be a high achiever and potentially charming, conscientious, and achievement-oriented. In other words, they may be very desirable. There are tools for identifying the dark triad traits, but it is important to recognize that unless you are also a skilled psychologist, You should not make a diagnosis of your own. If you do have any concern about a team member's negative behaviors, you should raise them with your human resources department. Brethren, listen to me, and I want you to lean in and listen to this closely. Every congregation should be utilizing a mental health professional. You should be utilizing a mental health professional when dealing with interpersonal relationships Conflicts, be- conflicts between members, and really and truly, I think a person ought to have a, a psychiatric
1: evaluation before they're hired as a gospel preacher. Again, that sounds extreme, but I think this present distress that we are under in the
0: world, I think it calls for it. So your responsibility is to manage the impact of negative behaviors in the workplace. So that, that's rather a lot like the eldership's responsibility is to manage the impact of negative behavior in the church, rather than try to diagnose it and pin a psychological label on someone. So it's not, it's not the eldership's role or even goal to diagnose somebody with the dark triad personality traits but if but it is their responsibility to manage the negative impacts of their behavior so conflict management assertiveness and emotional intelligence skills will all be useful managing someone with dark triad traits however given the risk these behaviors bring to their potential and their potential for causing serious damage to the organization these behaviors must be addressed actively and vigorously, and the problem is they are not addressed a- aggressively or uh, actively and vigorously. Uh, I, think, I think our brethren like to put their head in the sand and ignore these things. Uh, Deborah O'Neill says, um, I think we all know people like that. The problem is we don't know how to deal with them, and that makes us victims whether we know it or not. Absolutely, Deborah. And uh, Alan Allen says, what if if I see these traits in myself? Okay, it's a good question, Alan. You should see these traits in yourself. Everybody is an amalgam of all of these personality traits. So you're going to see narcissistic traits in yourself. You're going to see Machiavellian traits in yourself. You're going to see psychopathic traits in yourself. You're going to see all kinds of traits in yourself if you start reading the DSM, the, the diagnostic manual that therapists use to diagnose uh, mental health disorders. But what you have to understand is how do you interact with people? Just because you have a, a good sense of self-worth and you look out for yourself in a situation, that's a narcissistic personality trait. That doesn't mean it's, it's also psychopathic. That, that doesn't mean it's unhealthy. So basically what you do, um, the, I'm, I mean, we, we can go right to Scripture. Um, let's go to Romans chapter 12, and Paul has the formula for dealing with this. And, and if you, and here's another thing, what if I see these attributes in myself? Then you probably would not be identified as dark triad because people who, identi- who are identified as dark triad, they're not self-aware enough to identify themselves. They're, they're, they're typically so far off into psychopathy that, that they can't diagnose themselves or, or identify themselves. Anyway, verse 9 of Romans 12, let love be without hypocrisy. And the word hypocrisy here translates, um. Well, it's a, it's a, um, in the King James, it says, let love be without dissimulation. In other words, let it be genuine. And, and that, that's, Alan, Alan, that, that's what I would say to you. Make sure that the way you treat people and the way you love is without dissimulation, without hypocrisy. You're not trying to love people and, and treat people the way 1 Corinthians chapter 13 you're not taking on those attributes of love for any other reason other than that's a that that's that's what god wants you to be. You're not trying to get ahead, you're not trying to to get one up on somebody. You know, if if you're driving down the road and you've got a you you see somebody that's broke down, you stop and help if you're able. You don't stop and help if you're able and it helps you out in some way. In other words, I might see the mayor. I might see the mayor of my town uh, broke down on the side of the road. Well, buddy, I'm going to stop and help him out for sure. But if I see some garbage man broke down on the side of the road, I'm just going to wave as I drive by and be like, I just don't have the time to help. Well, no, you, you just, if, 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 you, if you love without dissimulation, you're going to love regardless of how it affects you. That, that's the idea. All right. Verse 9, Let, let uh, abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. So you're not going to be Machiavellian. You're not going to be uh, duplicitous. You're not going to be um, manipulative. You're going to hold fast to a code of ethics, and that code of ethics is going to be based on the standard of God's moral law and how God would act. It's going to be, on the, on, it's going to be the ethic of holiness. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. Brotherly love is a treating people the way you would want to be treated, and expecting to be treated that
1: way in return. There's nothing wrong with a reciprocal type of love. It's, it's actually healthy. Be kindly
0: affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference. To one another. So you have to be selfless. You have to be altruistic and selfish and selfless and do things that benefits another person simply because they benefit another person. We don't lag in diligence. We're fervent in spirit serving the Lord. We're busy serving a higher cause, not serving ourselves. We're not just trying to get ahead. I don't study for 37 hours to preach a gospel sermon to do a good job preaching so I can receive the accolades of my brethren. I do it because I love the Word of God, because I want to serve the Lord. We rejoice in hope. We're steadfast in tribulation, and we continue steadfastly in prayer, and we distribute to the needs of the saints, and we're given to hospitality. We're we're just good old folks to each other. Listen, it, you, you, you rejoice when, when your brethren rejoice and you weep when they weep. And you let them have their moment in the sun. And when they're in the valley of the shadow of death, you're down there with them and you're weeping with them and you help them trudge through that valley of, of grief. You don't take it away from them. When somebody comes and tells you bad news about something that's happened to them, you don't tell them how dumb they were.
1: You don't tell them how you should have done it differently. You just look at them and say, that's terrible. How can I help? Bless those who persecute you and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind
0: toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Don't try to don't don't try to don't be look at me,
1: look at me, look at me, look at me. I cannot stand somebody that's a look at me, look at me, look at me person. Repay to no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men.
0: If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Don't start nothing. That's a thing. Do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Don't, don't get vengeance on somebody that crosses you. Let me tell you something. Most preachers that I've run into, are cutthroat bunch of people. They will cut you down. They will tear you up. They'll ostracize you. They'll blacklist
1: you. They'll bring up stuff that's decades old. I've experienced it. And I just, that's one
0: of the reasons why I'm up here in Canada because I'm tired of the politics down in the Bible Belt. I hate it. I have very little respect for people walking around in fact, I will tell you that I'm a bigot against gospel preachers. That if I'm friends with you and you're a gospel preacher, I am friends with you in spite of you being a gospel preacher. Your being a gospel preacher is actually a, a, something that I have to get over. And it's because of the way I see gospel preachers act and treat each other on Facebook and the way I've seen them behave towards one another and treat each other in person. I went out, I, I, was at, I, was at the, I, I was at a lectureship, and uh, every time I met a fellow gospel preacher, the only thing that dude wanted to do is gossip about somebody else and tell me about somebody else. You know what that meant? Whenever he met somebody, when I wasn't around,
1: he was going to be telling them about me. Well, I don't like that. Anyway, so. I
0: think, it's, I think it's very good. If you, what if I see some of these traits in myself? You need to see some of these traits in yourself, and you need to be aware of that. I see these traits in me. I see these dark triad traits in me, so I work on that. I'm self-aware. The gospel of Christ will change you. Anyway, um, so gospel preachers absolutely go through a lot. If you've got a good gospel preacher, if you've got a gospel preacher who's just a good man, who isn't out there trying to make a name for himself, who's not out there trying to get notoriety, you treasure him. You have an absolute treasure.
1: If you've got an elder, an eldership, that are not defined by the dark triad, who's
0: not out there trying to make, be, get, gain notoriety, you treasure that person. But the minute you see somebody start being cutthroat, manipulative, flattering, let me tell you something. it is There's something called love bombing. If somebody tells you how much they love you within the first three or four times that
1: they meet you, that is love bombing. And that person is a flatterer. You get them out of your life.
0: I don't know what the solution is. I think the solution, I don't, I really don't. I'm not even going to offer a solution. Maybe some of you listening to this can offer, can, can give me solutions. What do you do? You know, it's a, it's a, it's a position that
1: draws people who are, who have these dark triad personality traits. So what do you do?
0: I don't know. I think every congregation needs to have somebody who is trained in psychology to help them. And and maybe that would cut out on a lot of it. But anyway, that's, that's all I've got. I'm going to be sure and link this comment in the show notes. I mean, link this article in the show notes. And, um, these are, this is just stuff that I think about. And, um, I hope I've said something here. Oh, incidentally, uh, what I put in the, um, what, what I put in the, um, Description: Have you ever noticed anything off about someone you have just met? Do you ever meet someone everyone else just
1: loves? Actually, L O V E S. Um, yet they give you the creeps.
0: You may have picked up on something real, and that, in my opinion, has become a and that, in my opinion, has become a real problem. I hope I say something in this podcast that's helpful to
1: you. So, th- so that's the thing. Um, if you educate yourself on how to spot these people,
0: you're going to be able to spot them. And when you try to warn people about them, they're not going to believe you. So you're faced with a conundrum. It's kind of like Cassandra syndrome. Cassandra is a character from Greek mythology who was blessed by the gods with the gift of prophecy, but also cursed that no one would ever believe her predictions. So she went crazy. So you're, you're sitting there saying, hey, I know this guy, John Smith. Look, this dude's a bad dude. Well, why do you say that? I love John Smith. He's an awesome guy. No, can you not see what he's doing? They can't because they have not, they have not studied this. They haven't opened themselves up to it.
1: But yet I can see he's out for num- number one. Anyway, so we gotta we, you, you, may, you may be more empathic than some of your fellows, and
0: you may pick up on these things like, well, I've, I've never liked that guy because he just gives me the creeps. I don't know, how, how does everybody else absolutely love him? You've picked up on those dark triad personality traits. Some people are just more attuned to it. They're more affected by body language and tone and tenor and, and all that good stuff. So trust your gut. Trust your gut. I've had over the years a few gut feelings in my life about people, and I have uh, one time I didn't follow them, and it hurt me greatly. The rest of the time I followed them, my wife is the same way. My w- and now my wife is actually formally educated to the point where she knows why she has these gut feelings. Anyway, folks, that's all I've got here. Give me some, give me some solutions. What's the solution? more mental health education, more just biting the bullet and calling these people out by name when they prove themselves. What's the deal? Help me out. And, and I hate to leave on a, on a sour note, but I feel like I kind of am because I don't know the solution. But anyway, if you, if you like what we do and want to help us out, be sure and look at the show notes. The article that I read is going to be in the show notes. And I hope I've said something here that's informed you and educated you. This has been Tony Brewer with Cogitations. Thank you so much for your comments. And uh, be sure and follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure and be our algorithm and like the Facebook page
1: Cogitations. This has been Tony Brewer with Cogitations. And we'll catch you on the flip side.